Entrepreneur on Fire, Episode 10. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hey, Fire Nation, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire the place for inspiring interviews with today's most successful entrepreneurs. Are you on our email list? If not, you are missing your chance at the $50 cash we give to one lucky subscriber every Wednesday. Would your Wednesday be a little better with 50 bucks in your pocket? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com or eofire.com if you're like me and can't spell entrepreneur to find out more. Question. Have you been searching for an elite mastermind group? If yes, look no further than Ignite, an amazing mastermind of aspiring entrepreneurs. We have weekly webinars, amazing resources, forums, and huge giveaways, including a $200 cash giveaway every week. Come join our community at ignitemastermind.com. If you enjoy this free podcast, Please show your love and support by heading over to eofire.com and clicking the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page. This will shoot you over to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show telling the world just how cool you are. And now prepare to ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jason Van Orden. Jason, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, John. I am. (laughs) I'm on fire. Oh, that's what I love. I knew you got it. Jason has what I would call an uncanny grasp for internet marketing and online media strategy. He is one of the most sought after new media consultants and knows how to use new media to attract droves of customers boost sales, and turn fledgling businesses into market leaders that generate six figures in sales each year. Jason, I've given a little overview of your business. Why don't you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? All right. Well, I like to tell people I'm a cubicle escape artist, not only because I escaped a cubicle back in 2003, but because I am most passionate now about helping others do the same. I feel like my mission on this earth, the thing that makes me the happiest, that I, where I create the best value is in sharing knowledge and resources that helps others to enjoy increased freedom, fulfillment, and purpose in life. And I know when that I have those three things, I'm happier and I love seeing the light bulb go off and have others become happier as well. And so since about 2005, I've been a co-host and founder of a show called Internet Business Mastery, which is all about helping people do exactly that, to master internet business, to turn whatever their passion or interest is into a profitable online business that will help them escape the nine to five and help them to you know, just have more control, more freedom and fulfillment and purposes that in, the, in their lives. And I did the same, you know, I basically, we talk about what it is that we did in order to escape the cubicle back in 2003, both myself and my co-host were in jobs that we just didn't enjoy anymore. I read a little book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which opened our eyes. And that started us on a journey 
of looking for other possibilities. And one thing led to another. I mean, I, I don't want to hamper down too many details. And I finally found that this whole online marketing thing, getting your voice out there using, uh, you know, mediums like media, like podcasting and blogging. I, I just, I just love the power behind those things. And so I love uh, teaching others how to leverage those, ki those kinds of new media to get their voice out there, to make an impact in the world and uh, to make more money too. No, Internet Business Mastery is a great place, and I am an avid listener of your podcast, so keep up the good work, guys. I just really love everything that comes out of that show each and every week, so good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's transition now into the first topic of our show, and, and that's a success quote, because here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we like to get every show off and rolling with a little motivational quote. Jason, what do you have for us today? All right, well... This, you know, there's so many different quotes that come to mind. And so I just went with the first one that came to my mind, probably because it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. And it's actually for a quote from Bill Cosby, the very popular comedian. And here is his success quote, which is a favorite of mine. And he says, I don't know what the secret to success is, but I know that the secret to failure is trying to please everybody. And I think that's uh, a very freeing quote, because you realize that all you need to do is just be yourself, be authentic, be transparent, be the best that you are at, at whatever it is that you do for an audience that you select that you want to work with, whoever it is in the world. And when I say audience, you know, I say that because I'm a podcaster, but that's just being, you know, turning yourself, some part of yourself up to 11 to use a musician's uh, analogy, you know, taking your guitar amp and that's kind of a joke because 10 is usually the highest. Well, let's turn it up to 11 and just being fully that passionate person to whatever market or audience or group of people you want to work with most could deliver the best value uh, to. And so you don't have to try to, whenever I've tried to compare myself to others and do success the same way that others do, then I, I find myself not as happy. I find myself having a lot of pressure from expectations that just don't contribute to my fulfillment. And it's when you are just very specific about who you want to reach, what you want to do, and who you are, that's when you find the most happiness. So I, I really like that quote from Bill Cosby. No, I love that quote. I just wish you had used your famous Bill Cosby impersonation while you did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, that is such a great quote, and it's it's so true. And I would just love to hear an example of how you've actually applied this quote to your to yourself or to your business in the last three or four months. Well, you know, it, it, to take it to a higher, more philosophical level, a meaning of life type thing. Uh, I mean, the meaning of life for me is is happiness to find more happiness. I think most people would agree with that. And in my experience, happiness falls into three areas. It uh, falls into the area of purpose. I think we all want to, you know, do good work, create value, have an impact. Uh, you can only sit on a beach and drink Mai Tais or play video games for so long, and then you got to go out and be productive. May as well be in something that you love. The second area is in relationships, you know, having that belonging. For some, it might be family. For some, it might be community or different mix of, of whatever it may be. The third thing is in freedom, being able to, and that, that falls into all kinds of, you know, financial freedom, freedom of, you know, the country that you live in. You know, we're, we're happiest when we're able to to apply our own will as a living human being in the way that makes us happiness. So to draw that back to the quote, I firmly believe that only you can define happiness for yourself. Only you can define what kind of purpose you want, what kind of relationships and belonging you want, and what kind of uh, freedom you want in your life. 
And uh, that is how I apply that to the meaning of my own life or my mentality about happiness in life. No, thank you for sharing that. That just reminds me when you use the word freedom and you used it so strongly and purposefully. I just recently rewatched Adam Baker's Man vs. Debt, his TED Talks. Have you seen that? Uh, I actually, ha- no, I haven't seen that one. I didn't know that he had one. Oh, highly recommend it. It's right on his website, on his homepage. He was on TED Talks a couple of years ago. And that is what he speaks of, and that's freedom. And it was his version of freedom, but he does a great job relating to what freedom means for most people. And of course, people define their own freedom, but I really enjoyed your interpretation of that, and it just made me remember his, which I guess I just watched last week, and it's very powerful. Well, Adam's a guy that lives passionately and with purpose, and I know that he definitely uh, subscribes to that kind of uh, mentality as well. I, I respect him a lot. Absolutely. So Jason, let's transition to our next topic now, and, and that's failure. Because at Entrepreneur on Fire, we really delve into the story of the entrepreneur. We go through the journey, and every entrepreneur's journey at some point comes against failure or challenges or overcoming an obstacle or a combination of all three. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about, and not letting that failure define who you are, but instead learning from it and using t- to propel yourself in a new and better direction is really important. Have you had that moment where you failed or you faced an obstacle? And if you have, can you tell us the steps that led up to that and then how you reacted once you reached it? Yeah, wow. So, I mean, let me let me give a quick, just my insight on, on failure first. And that is that I, I actually believe there's very little failure in this life. And I know it's kind of cliche to say that, but to give my own version of that and to refer back to what I said earlier, I think the only failure is that when you uh, cho- either stop deliberately pursuing your definition of happiness in life, you know, purpose, relationships, and, and freedom... And I think the only failure would be to get to the end of your life and go, wow, I didn't really think about those three things and what I really wanted and to just simply accept what others had defined for you in those, in those different areas. And not that you can't learn from others, obviously, but you know, there's so much expectation from you know, family, society, the status quo, whatever in those areas. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that insight out as, as I think that as long as you are trying your best and purposefully you know, with the deliberation pursuing whatever right now is your definition of those things to the best of your ability, then I don't think that there's a failure. However, I know that there are absolutely times of overwhelm and there have been times that I've had to overcome uh, difficult issues. You know, here, here's an issue I think everybody deals with and it's something I deal with still to this day. Uh, I feel like I've made growth in this area, but it still rears its head from time to time. And uh, again, drawing back to the idea of happiness, really to find that happiness, it requires two things. Number one, it requires that we believe we deserve happiness. And it may seem odd to say that, but there are a lot of ways, whether consciously or subconsciously, that we undermine our happiness because we believe we don't deserve higher levels of happiness. And number two, it requires that we believe we have the ability to bring that happiness about in our life. And my own, I, all the time I'm finding myself subverting my own happiness because of, and, and when, it, when I, you know, whether it's, and that can, that can rear its head in whatever way. It's, sometimes it's, you know, when you're procrastinating things that you, you really should be doing. Sometimes you're, you chase, 
you know, down one path, again, comparing yourself to others, feeling like you got to do it the way that someone else is doing it or telling you to do it. And, you know, only to find that in the end, it's a dead end because you're not happy doing it that way. Um, and I'd say that, you know, I, I'm coming to a transition every couple years. I think an entrepreneur has a big, uh, aha wake up moment where it's like, wow, okay, I need a big mindset shift here in order to bust through the ceiling that I'm in right now. And, I think for the last couple of years, I mean, you know, by no means have I, uh, you know, failed, but I think in some ways I have let myself down in that uh, I look over the last couple of years and realize that I spent a lot of time trying to pursue business in a way that is not naturally me. So in coming back to that whole idea of who you want to be and, and turning yourself up to 11, I'm the kind of person who is very naturally a teacher. I love teaching. I've taught for years, even when I was an undergraduate in college, I had the opportunity to teach classes and I just absolutely love it. It's something where I'm always thinking, you know, if I learn something new, I'm immediately thinking about how to teach it to others. And so that lends very well to podcasting and relationship marketing and content marketing, all these kinds of things. And, you know, I've found myself distracted at times by looking at other entrepreneurs who aren't at all about that. They're like, Twitter, that's a waste of time. Blogging, whatever, I don't need that, you know, and they're all about, you know, the throwing money at ads and that's fine. You know, this is a fine way to do business, but they're about, you know, writing that, that ultimate copy that's going to convert a lead in a matter of two minutes flat and, you know, and all about the numbers. And yes, those things are important. But when I, I think that for a couple of years, I found myself really chasing a style of business and neglecting the things that I was very naturally uh, inclined to. And it all happened because of comparing myself to others and trying to pursue that happiness and fulfillment in a way that they were doing it, but without really thinking about what I wanted. And you know, the ways that over, to overcome that, it, it could be really tough because you're blind often to the, the fact that that's even happening. And that's where things like masterminds and mentors and partners and uh, spouses or whatever are so important because they can help you take off those blinders and see what's happening. You know, as I'm, uh, when I was a musician, I always liked to go into the studio with a producer because the producer would be able to see the, the, create, the, the holes in my creativity that I wasn't seeing and pull the best stuff out of me. And that's the same thing that we need as entrepreneurs as well. Um, so the big lessons learned here were, you know, be very careful about, you know, looking online, everybody is super, super successful. We're always putting our best face forward. And, you know, I understand why that is and that's fine. I do the same thing. But, you know, realize that, just because so-and-so is saying, oh my gosh, I, you know, the, this is the only thing that's ever worked for me and this is the way to do it. And if you're doing it any other way, it's silly. Well, of course they're saying that. They're a marketer. They want you to subscribe to the way that they're doing things. But you need to be very, going back to happiness and purpose, freedom and, and relationships, you know, write things down. What do you really want in those areas? Always have the litmus tests to compare against, to go, does this fit my purpose in life? Does this fit the kind of people I want to work with? Does this fit the kind of freedom that I want? You know, right now, I don't think you're ever going to see me running an office with 50 employees. That is not the kind of freedom that I want. For someone else, that might be freedom because they're like, I love having 50 guys that every day are doing stuff for me. I just walk into their office and say, do this. That's not me. I don't want to have to manage that. And so I'm not going to compare myself to others who are doing business that way. There's a lot of ways to do this thing online. So Again, the only failure, I think, is to stop deliberately in whatever way you know best right now, chasing after, going after the definition of happiness that you have for yourself. And, uh, you know, recently I've had to do a little reassessment of that to make some big changes for me because for a couple of years, I think I did kind of get astray a bit from my own definitions of those things. No, I love that perspective. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we're now going to transition into the next topic right now. 
And that is the aha moment. At some point in your journey as an entrepreneur, you have said that you have come to a crossroads, you've met challenges, you've seen obstacles, and you've navigated your way over or around them. And as entrepreneurs, every day we are having little aha moments that are inspiring us and bringing us forward and changing our direction or our motivation. Have you had a major aha light bulb moment in your life that you can share with us? Well, there's been a number of them, but here's one that's fresh in my mind because uh, recently we did a video exactly about this thing. And uh, to share, so so to define this aha moment, I'll share a story, and that is the story of you know it was a couple years into me pursuing the idea of being an entrepreneur and you know, trying to find find the best type of business for me. I was trying lots of different things, having a little bit of success here, a little bit of success there. I'd done some real estate investing, realized that's not for me. I'm not a go hustle, negotiate kind of guy. Again, I'm a teacher. So that's why podcasting, internet business. Uh, So trying all these different things, came across internet marketing, info marketing, and uh, podcasting, and light bulbs started going off. And it's like, okay, this is definitely a better fit for, uh, for who I am. Now, of course, my whole goal in this was to kind of go after that kind of freedom that I'd read about in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And a phrase that gets used a lot in books like that is financial freedom. And I think when we say that phrase, a lot of people think, okay, well, that means, if you ask somebody, you get lots of different answers. But in general, it might be things like, oh, well, it's that moment where I've got $4 million in the bank that's uh, making me enough interest that I just live off of the interest. And I'm never, you know, actually digging into that nest egg of of money. And I just, I don't have to worry about it anymore uh, for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, so that, that's probably kind of a general idea of, or maybe for some financial freedom, it's like, well, the day I finally get to retire from my job and, and then I don't have to work anymore. I'm just living off of the retirement that I worked really hard for for 40 years or whatever the case may be. But I'd, I'd like to change a bit the definition and uh, that idea that people listening to this might have of what financial freedom is. And for me, it happened in a moment where I was in my little studio apartment and you know I'd been working really hard on, on a course that I had made, I'd found a little niche in the real estate marketing um, niche. You know, I didn't want to go out and teach people how to do the deals. There's always plenty of guys teaching that. But what I had noticed was a little need in that market of people didn't know how to how, how to market good marketing for finding the buyers and sellers. You know, they knew how to do the deals, but they didn't always know how to find the deals or how to find the people to buy their their houses. So it was a marketing problem. And I had found through a number of things that I was actually pretty good at marketing. I figured that out back when I was in bands as a, as a teenager and in college that you know, I, I had to learn how to market to get people to my concerts and to buy my CDs. And I figured I was actually pretty good at marketing. Nice. So... I made a course teaching real estate investors how to use direct marketing to find buyers, to find sellers, so they could, you know, be turning over these deals that they are coming up with. And, you know, I, I held a, a little seminar, I recorded it, put together, um, had had some, um, you know, so I put this this whole course together. And it was like, okay, well, the secret to really making money on this thing is going to be online on the internet. So I packaged it up, wrote a sales uh, page. And it's like, okay, well, now I got to, <laughs> I got to market my marketing course. Um, a lot of stuff in my marketing course was direct mail and things like that. So internet was still kind of new to me. And I was trying all these different things out. And at one point, uh, I was getting a bit discouraged, as I'm sure many people can, because I hadn't had any online sales yet. And I was like, wow, is this internet marketing thing really going to work? This is probably like 2004 or something like that. And, uh, you know, so blogging wasn't a big deal yet. There certainly wasn't Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any of these things that we use these days or podcasting or these things. It was a very different world at the time. People were still trying to figure out how to make money online. 
And I had finally gone to a forum because I at least knew take your message where it is that your people, the people you're trying to reach are hanging out. And I had gone to a forum, started participating in that forum and just kind of dropping in my signature in different places that I had this course about direct marketing. And one day I booted up my computer and I was checking my email as uh, first thing, which is not what you should do, but that's what we all do is check our email first thing. Absolutely. And an email had come in from PayPal saying, you've got money. So somebody had gone to my page, read my sales page online, and bought my course for the first time online. And I think it was maybe $197, okay? So it wasn't like I was made thousands or tens of thousands or anything like that. It was just a couple hundred dollars. But that right there is probably some of the most important money that I have ever made. Because in that moment, my aha moment at that time was, you know what? I now have what it takes. I now know how to go online, identify a need, uh, create a solution for that need, find the people I need online and get somebody to buy from me. And if I can do this once, I can do it twice, I can do it five times, I can do it 10 times, I can do it a thousand times. 197 can become $1,970, it can become 19,000, it can become $190,000. That's, you know, it, it, I'll get there eventually. And that was the moment that I literally tore up my resume because I'd had this nagging feeling in my mind, am I going to have to go back and get a job? I'd been out of my job about a year, year and a half, but I was like, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe I'm just going to have to go do the nine to five again. But suddenly the freedom, I just had the sense of peace and I knew I ripped up my resume. I was like, I'm never going to have to get a job again. Whatever happens, I don't even sell that product anymore, but I knew that whatever happens, I was going to be able to make, you know, I was now in control of my destiny with the skills that I had learned. Um, and so that was the aha moment. So I just kept, you know, testing and tweaking and doing and taking the actions I had taken and, uh, and I guess, you know, that was kind of the moment too, where I felt like, you know what, this, this is gonna, this is gonna be all right. I love that aha moment. I can really picture you sitting in front of your computer, opening your email up and then getting that email and just having this kind of light bulb go on over your head that just says, I am unemployable. I found my calling. That was powerful. Thank you. And I call that the money milestone. I mean, that is the moment of financial freedom, I think. Honestly, I didn't have that much in my bank account. I, you know, I wasn't even making nearly what I'm making now online. I still had school debt to pay off. I still had other consumer debt to pay off. So none of those things that would fit that traditional t uh, definition of financial freedom. But I'll tell you what, in that moment, I was financially free. So that was a great aha moment. Have you had an I've made it moment? Well, you know, I, to some small degree, I'd say that moment was partly it as well. But certainly, I, I'm trying. I don't know that it's it's a funny thing that it just kind of, you know, everybody thinks it's. You look at somebody and they're an overnight success, and I know a very popular. There's lots of examples of this. There's all kinds of bands that all of a sudden they show up on MTV. They've all of a sudden got a platinum album, and when you look at their history, it's it's been ten years in the making. And I don't know, maybe if you ask those bands, maybe some of them would say, oh, yeah, there was the moment I saw my first video on MTV or the moment I heard my first you know, song on the radio or whatever. For me, I don't know that I really had a specific moment because it's just kind of been over time all kinds. I, I try to regularly, if I can, relish those little breakthrough moments, whether it's the first email subscriber, whether it's the first sale online whether it's the first time we've got a thousand downloads of a podcast and then 5,000 and then 10,000 and so on and so forth. And, you know, I, I guess, okay. So if I had to give an answer, here's one, there was definitely a moment where, uh, we, we moved into, okay. So I, I'd written down, and this is something I think a lot of people do. I call this a success, uh, 
success mechanism activator. And I like to have people sit down and think, okay, where would you like to be three years from now? What needs to happen for you to feel happy when you get to, you know, three years from now? And, you know, where, where will you be? Where will you live? How will that feel? How will you know when you've reached those, those goals that you have for yourself? And one of the things I had written down was a very specific picture of a type of place that I would live in. You know, it would be, I, I'm ever since I moved to New York City, I'm an urbanite. I live in Portland, Oregon right now, but I, I've lived in New York City with my wife for Manhattan for a few years. And, uh, you know, there you're living in a tiny little studio apartment because that's all you can afford to live in Manhattan because that's what everybody does. But I had this very specific idea of this type of apartment I would live in. It'd be at the top of a building and have a wonderful view of, you know, just, you know, gorgeous things. You'd look out on the cityscape. You'd be able to you know, sit there and look out those windows with your friends and you know, watch a movie with them on your big screen TV or whatever, and just have a place where you and your family feel at home. And and I don't know, just this thing that I pictured, you know, floor to ceiling uh, windows. And a few years back, I moved into that place. And I'd say, you know, I, I had lots of little other I've made it moments, but that was definitely one where it's like, you know, the, and I don't, I don't like maybe just because home, I'm a homebody. I like to, you know, I work at home. I, I do lots of stuff at home. And so I guess just to have like that ideal environment that it was like, look, like this is I, when I saw this place, I knew I wanted to live there. They quoted me the price and I was able to go absolutely sign me up. I'll do it. It was the most I'd ever paid for rent for that kind of a thing. And maybe just because then that related back to just, so many, you know, not, not that physical goods really matter that much, but again, being a homebody and, and the things I like to do with my family and, and the kind of place I wanted to live with them, it just, it felt really good in that moment to, to look at, at those Florida, uh, ceiling, uh, windows at the cityscape and a view of, uh, Mount Hood and the river below and, and go, oh my gosh, this is what I wrote down a couple of years back. And here it is. I'm so glad you were able to relish those moments and moments like that, because that is one curse that some entrepreneurs do find themselves in, and it's a blessing in disguise, and it's a curse at the same time, is is that we never really do have that total I've made it moment, because once we reach one plateau, we just want to strive to the next, and we keep pushing ourselves forward, and it's one of the great things about being an entrepreneur, and really is good advice to relish those points where you do feel like you've made certain goals that you set for yourself, so... I definitely congratulate you for doing that. Well, and one more real quick thing on that is when it comes to happiness, I find happiness is made. And this is, I got something I got from Gretchen Rubin who wrote a book called The Happiness Project. Happiness happens in several stages. I think we all think happiness is its destination, but it's actually happiness is in anticipating things. It's in recognizing them when you're in the moment and enjoying them in the moment. It's in relishing the, the memories of those things as well. So it's a kind of a before, during, and after thing. And you're absolutely right. Entrepreneurs, we have this thing called the arrival fallacy. We always think that it's like, someday I will arrive and have that moment. Well, it's like being on the ocean and going towards the horizon. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. So you got to be aware of that. Otherwise, so now I try to not do anything at all. I mean, sure, certainly I'm always pursuing things that are going to make me happy in the future, but I try not to do anything if I can't also be happy doing it right now too. I got to have both. Wonderful. So Jason, you're rolling along right now. Internet Business Mastery is rocking. You have the podcast, you have the academy. What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business today? You know, I guess where I struggle with this answer is I know people are probably looking for the, the shiny 
a new answer. It's like, oh, what's the new shiny thing that's got you excited about the future in, in business? Is it Pinterest? Is it, you know, what is it that's got you all jazzed? And I've spent so much time on my business trying to get it to where I spend it doing there's a book I read called Unique Ability, and it's based on teachings by Dan Sullivan, a coach that I spent a year mentoring with, spent a lot of money to mentor with him. And it helps you come up. And that, that statement I gave at the beginning of, I like to share knowledge and resources in order to help others enjoy higher levels of freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. That was a statement I came up with after, after reading Unique Ability. And so what I'm excited about my business right now is that I have brought my business to a place where I can spend 80 plus percent of my time doing that, creating great content, relating with the people in my market that I want to deliver value to as well as colleagues, um, you know, doing interviews like this, creating new value and then, you know, creating new strategy for my business. And so what gets me excited is when I'm, you know, sitting down and, and researching new things, applying new ideas and immediately thinking about how can I teach those to others. And I just love that I now have a business where I can read a book like that, come up with a unique ability statement and realize, wow, okay, it's taken me a few years to get here, but I now have a business where the vast majority of my time is spent doing my unique ability things. You know, I've outsourced my accounting, I've outsourced my bookkeeping, I've outsourced my putting up blog posts, I've outsourced all the little minutiae that we can get stuck in as entrepreneurs and really tried to focus on creating, relating, and strategy, the three things I feel like I'm best at should be doing most in my business. Well, I'm personally glad that you have reached that place in your business because it allows you to come on and do things for Entrepreneur on Fire and you're reaching my audience with extremely inspiring stories and words and spreading the messages that you have learned through your experience. And it's just a great thing. So thank you for that. Yeah, this is one of the things I love doing most is, is you know, talking to someone like you, John, and, and about passionate, cool things and knowing that others are going to hear it and hopefully have light bulbs from it. Well, then I'm excited to move into the next topic, which is my favorite part of the show, and it's called the lightning round, because this is where we really take some time to ask some direct questions. You come back with some direct responses, and we just kick it back and forth. Does that sound like a plan? Sure. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear. Uh, I think that's probably... A very common answer to this, um, and and really to take it deeper than that, it's myself. Uh, becoming an entrepreneur is simply a mindset shift. An entrepreneur is simply somebody who identifies an audience, a market, people they want to work with, and creates value for those people. Who connects who they truly are with an audience in the world out there, creates value that people are willing to pay you money for. And as entrepreneurs, we have the some of the biggest power in the world to really change how things are done in the world, the world as a, as a whole. And so the thing that has kept me from doing that most is just feeling like I had the abilities to make that happen or that I deserve to make that happen. And the thing that helped me most in getting rid of that fear, getting rid of those beliefs. Again, I still struggle with these things all the time, but the thing that's helped me most is a book called the six pillars of self-esteem by Nathaniel Brandon which goes back to helping you believe that you deserve happiness and that you have the ability to bring that happiness about for yourself. What is the best business advice that you ever received? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Absolute best, number one. I, you know, that's so hard to narrow nothing down. Nothing but, but the uh, best, Jason. <laughs> nothing but the best. 
I guess I, I, I'm afraid of just giving one because there's, there's so many things that have brought me to where I am. But I think, uh, okay, here's something that just came to my mind. You know, happiness has been a real theme with our, our chat today. Let's keep it going. And I, you know, because again, it's the purpose of life. I love reading about it. And that's something I like bringing to the world. And that's one of the reasons I do what I do. And that is, you know, happiness comes about by taking action. And we don't always feel happy. We don't always have the motivation that we want. But going back to Gretchen Rubin and her book, Happiness Project, act the way you want to feel. Uh, you know, self-esteem is a result of the way we act. The way the actions that we take either build our self-esteem or tear it down. Um, you know, to, to reference that book I just mentioned by Nathaniel Brandon. So some of the best advice I've ever received is you, you got to take action that's consistent with the way you want to be, with the way that you want to feel. And the people who succeed are the ones that just keep going to bat and just keep doing that day in and day out, relentlessly, consistently. No, I love that. I love that our theme has been happiness. And I love that you keep bringing up these books because I recently had Derek Halpert on the show. And one of his major themes that he kept coming back to was how important reading was. And so it's just great to pass along to our listeners how important it is to educate yourself, to read, to continue to expand your horizons with these great books that are out there. So thank you for, for sharing those with us. And that leads us perfectly into my next question. Now, I've already written down Unique Ability, The Happiness Project, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. All three of these books will be linked in the show notes for our listeners to, to go to. Do you have one other book that you've read in the last six months that you would really recommend? I've read a lot of parenting books in the last six months because I'm a brand, I'm a brand new, a brand new parent. Congratulations, by the way, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, my uh, daughter turns seven months here in just a, a couple days after we uh, record this. But um, okay, let's see something else that I've read recently. I'm reading so many. I mean, something I'm reading right now is uh, "Stand and Deliver" by. Um, Carnegie, you know, a lot of people know his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And just like How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's one of those books you read and some of it just seems like such common sense. You're like, well, of course, but then there's those few nuggets of wisdom. You're like, oh yeah, I really should be doing that. Stand to Deliver is a book that is based on his teachings about how to be a great presenter. Uh, we met after you saw me present at Blog World Expo. Speaking live is one of the things I love doing most. And Maybe that goes back to the musician, the performer in me. There's a lot of great advice in this book, Stand and Deliver, about how to engage an audience. And the other reason I love it is I think it immediately applies even just to being a podcaster or creating great content online that's going to engage people, how to connect with people through your uh, content. And so I've really enjoyed going through that. I've highlighted a lot of things. So I, that's I'll just throw that one out because that's what I happen to be reading right now. And it's uh, something that's been on my mind and impacted me. You have such a comfortable and genuine presence on your podcast, and you, you really have the exact same feel when you speak. I was fortunate to see you at Blog World Present, so it's just really great that you can get up on stage and, and just give the same kind of genuine presentation that you give over podcasting that comes across in your writing. So it's great to behold. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Well, I'll tell you the thing that I plan on doing a lot more of because this has worked for us in the past and I truly believe the more that I do this, the more results I'm going to see and that is to be very prolific content creator. 
you know, our business, Internet Business Mastery, has grown off of pretty much just doing the podcast every week for almost seven years now. Um, now, we didn't always do it every week. That's what we do do now. And, you know, going back to what I said earlier about how for a couple of years I felt like I was chasing other people's ideas of what a successful business should be. And I, I think I got away from creating as much content and value in the way that I tr- do my best work on the Internet. And the way that I do that is creating videos and podcasts and blogs and and you know, checklists and frameworks that impact people, share knowledge and resources to help people have higher level of freedom, f- fulfillment, and purpose. And so that has worked for me tremendously in the past. And the more that I do that, the more opportunities come up, the more my brand grows, the more people I reach, the more people whose lives I change, the more money I make. And so you're going to see me making a lot more content moving forward in the future, you know, videos on YouTube and through the podcast and blog posts and tutorials and uh, things like that. And I I heard a a quote, I think it was on the Lifestyle Business Podcast. I I believe you talked to some some of those guys as well, Dan and Ian, Lifestyle Business Podcast. Great show. Very smart guys. And uh, I think it was their show where they said something about, you know, this idea of being prolific was already on my mind. And I believe it was them that said something about, you know, Einstein, we think of as the greatest scientist of our time, and he's absolutely brilliant. But, you know, there's tons of people just as brilliant, or maybe even more brilliant than he was. But he was just so dang prolific that he's the one that sticks out in history. You know, eventually, when you just keep doing, doing, creating, being an epic person, creating epic stuff, you get the theory of relativity. And now you've got, you know, <laughs> Einstein is the most impactful scientist of our time. Now, we don't necessarily all need to be Einstein. We don't all need to be, uh, you know, Oprah or whoever comes to your mind when you think of an influential uh, person these days. But I do believe that whoever you are, you know, whatever part of you, piece of you, you're turning up to 11, whatever audience it is that you're connecting through, through whatever media, the more prolific you are, the more value you create just freely on the internet, the more you're going to attract success to yourself. Now, you give such great advice to startup entrepreneurs, and you resonate so well with them that I'm really excited for this next question. And it's the last question, and it's kind of a tricky one, so you can definitely take your time, let it digest, and then give it your best shot. If you woke up tomorrow morning with all the experience and knowledge you have today, but your business had completely disappeared, forcing you to start with a completely clean slate, a situation many of our listeners find themselves in, what would you do in the next seven days? Well, the thing you, the thing you could do is, as any entrepreneur is you got to immediately create value for a specific audience who's, who has a need that you know that you can fulfill. And so I would you know, immediately go, okay, well, who's the audience I need to create that solution for? And I would go connect with them right now today, whether that's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether that's going to meetup events. Um, and ideally, if I, I would hustle and try to find relationships with people who already have connections with those kinds of audiences too. So if I don't have my own list and audience right now, and I'm starting from scratch on that, one of the fastest ways to connect with my audience is through other people who already have a similar audience that I'm looking for, who already have a relationship with them and to piggyback off of that. So in the next seven days, you'd see me trying hustling, talking to people who have relationships with those kind with the kind of list I want to reach and, you know, coming up with some just incredible value that I can deliver both to their audience as well as to, you know, this, this contemporary or this peer, this, this colleague of mine, um, and I would try to get them to promote a webinar where I just, de- just delivered as much 
great value as I could for 45 minutes to an hour. And at the end of that, I would pitch some kind of uh, coaching course or some kind of, you know, maybe a series of coaching calls with me, um, whatever I felt like that market needed at the time. Um, so leverage relationships, do something, you know, quick and timely where you can get some money in right away, get to sales fast, like with something like a webinar and just, you know, come up with a dead on uh, message to market match of, of a solution you're creating. And, you know, if that meant that I needed to do consulting to get cash in the bank right now, that's fine. I, I typically don't teach or like to do things where I'm trading dollars for hours, but sometimes in the transition periods, that's what you do to get cash in the door. And that's fine too. So if that was what it was, that'd be, that would be fine as well. Awesome. Actionable advice. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today, Jason. You've given us some awesome advice and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of advice. Give yourself a plug and then we're going to say goodbye. All right. So the, the last parting piece of advice would be you deserve a happy life. You have everything you need to bring that about. Um, so start taking action today that's consistent with the happiness that you want for yourself and not just action, but bold action. You know, the universe in general. And I, you know, I'm, I'm just using the universe as a general thing, whether you believe in a higher power or even just whatever power is within you, it will reward you when you take bold action. The people who succeed are the ones that keep going to bat. So you may as well start going to bat today and as often and as frequently as you can, and then you will get there. And only put your attention and focus on the things that are related to the one thing you need to accomplish right now. We all get distracted by shiny objects. We all get distracted by the latest, greatest thing in our email inbox. Just decide what is the one next most important thing I can do to get myself closer to making a sale today and just focus on it, consuming information and taking actions related to that one thing and don't get distracted and filter everything out for now. Awesome, Jason. Great stuff. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey guys, this is John Lee Dumas signing off. Remember to subscribe to our email list for your chance to win $50 cash every Wednesday. Fire Nation, my one call to action to you today is this. If you enjoyed this free podcast and want to show your love, head over to eofire.com, click the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page, and you'll be shot over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show and then you can tweet about how awesome you are. Seriously though, it would really mean a lot to all of us here at Fire Nation that work so hard to bring you this content five days a week. Until next time, Fire Nation, prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.